Welcome to the In Awe Podcast, where we amplify women by sharing their unique stories and empower a community through the mission and their message. I am your host, Sarah Johnson, a former school teacher and principal turned author and entrepreneur, living my own leap of faith on a mission to teach masses. Each week, we will feature stories from women who will leave us all in awe of their impact on our world. Welcome back to the Inna Podcast and our series on community builders. Today's guest is passionate about building community in multiple spaces. As I listened to her story of struggle with learning and how she turned the trial into triumph and is literally changing lives near and far, my heart was pounding with the excitement for you to hear her message today. Ray Hewart is a middle-level math educator in Illinois, creator of the Teach Further Model, and the director of training and development for the Teach Better team. She also co-hosts the Teach Better Talk podcast with Jeff Gargas. In 2017, Ray was honored with the Illinois State University Outstanding Young Alumni Award, inducting her into the University Hall of Fame. In this episode, we learn how Ray builds community in her classroom and extends that into the broader community to impact learning, as well as how she is passionate about building a community of educators with a desire to refine their craft through the Teach Better team. Through her story, we learn how we too can take some of our most challenging struggles and transform them into triumph and how we truly are better when we work together. Get ready to meet Ray Hewart and her community building story. I am so honored to welcome Ray Hewart to the In Awe podcast, and I'm especially excited to feature here her on our series on community building. Welcome, Ray. Gosh, Sarah, this is so exciting that we are finally together. I cannot wait for this episode. Well, I'm just so excited for our listeners to come to you. I have been um, having the joy of interacting with you more in the last couple of weeks and just knowing that you are an incredible light and a spirit out there. So I'm excited for us to just hear all the great things that you do to build community, both in the classroom and broader. So would you just, for the listeners who aren't familiar with Ray Hewitt, I don't know how people wouldn't be, but for those crazy people out there that aren't, would you just share a little bit about the current context that you serve in where you are and what you're up to? Oh, gosh, absolutely. Uh, Hi, everyone. My name is Ray Hewart. I am currently a sixth grade mean old math teacher in central (laughs) Illinois. I love uh, playing and hanging out with sixth graders all day. And especially with math, we have such a ball in our classroom. And in addition to being in the classroom every single day in the trenches with my 150 sixth graders, I currently get to see. uh, I'm also the director of training and development for the Teach Better team, which For me, Sarah is just a vessel to connect. It's a vessel to connect with educators. So sometimes it's, you know, being a part of Twitter chats and podcasts. Sometimes it's going into districts and doing trainings on a new initiative like standard-based grading. Or one of my favorite things that I'm excited to talk about today is going in and working with districts on how to authentically connect with their community. So regardless of what I get to work with teachers on and in the context of those, those pieces, I just love being able to share my calendar with both students by day and teachers by night. So that's my current contact. You said you have 150 sixth graders. Oh, I do. I do. And now I know why you are just this frenetic ball of energy all the time. (laughs) You have to be. I work in an incredible school, but it's fairly large. I'm on a five-person team and we have fabulous 150 kiddos. It's just amazing. We're going to be able to talk a little bit, pull apart both of those different environments where you are this 
Sage Community Builder. And I love so much that you're out there helping other educators to come to the passion that you have. And I I especially love that you get to practice this every day, (laughs) this community building with 150 students. So would you share just a little bit about how you go about building community in your own classroom? Sure. I consider my classroom to be very strange, although I hope in like fingers crossed in the dream world, it won't be strange. It will be the norm. Um, My Students actually operate within 25 different themed internships that are all sponsored by local businesses. And they do this through a mastery framework. So they move throughout their internship at their own pace. And so when you take those pieces apart, okay, so themed internships. So that's how we're really immersing students in their why, right? So we're not just teaching standards because we are, but we're not just teaching standards. We're, we're immersing our students in the reason those standards exist. And then we connect with the community. So why do we do that piece? Well, we connect with our community because the why is only relevant if it if it exists in our students' worlds. And I don't just want them to be in our classroom and and learn math in our classroom and then leave the room and realize that the learning only existed in our environment. I want them to go outside and walk past McDonald's and see the immediate math connection. I want them to be walking down the street and and see um, you know a, a truck go by and, and make that connection. And so we've been able to partner with these community leaders that are really allowing our students to be immersed in the experiences where their learning is, you know, practical. And then being able to incorporate mastery learning into that and and allow our students to move at their own pace just allows for us to take those best practice educational techniques and use them in a way that allows everyone to be successful. So that's like the big picture. I could obviously talk about this forever, but I, you know, community building was a huge focus of why I went into the classroom. So I was thrilled that this was the topic today. When we think about community building, we're thinking about just building relationships with students. And as you said, authentically connecting them. I'm excited to hear a little bit more about that. But pretty rare, like you said, to have those connections at such a young age to get connected to the community because you know a lot of times we'll do those things with high school students, what you're doing sounds like. Yeah. And I think that high school is a great age to do this. We want them to be able, we want our students to be able to see those connections and start planning for their futures. But one of the biggest elements I continue to echo to teachers is high school is almost too late, right? By high school, we're thinking about college and we won't argue that structure. But, you know, when we're able to work with second graders and kindergartners and sixth graders and eighth graders and have them leave their school year with a fully developed resume and business cards and and not just making connections so that that the teachers are the cheerleaders for the students, but that we have an entire community starting to invest in our students because they know them. They're not, you know, just the kids sitting in desks on the news when they're bashing education. It's it's the kids that they actually see in their community and witness those aha moments along with everybody else in the classroom. And it creates for such a fun learning environment um, that our students not only are seeing the why behind coming to school every day, but but building relationships with leaders that they may not have had the opportunities to meet because then those students become the leaders in our communities when they start looking for jobs. It sounds like that's just a nice magic sauce that you got going on over there, Ray Hewitt. Oh, very. This is my this is my passion. It really is. I won't lie to you. On that vein, what's kind of one of the most unique experiences that you've had working with students through this with these community partnerships? 
I'll go simple and then I'll go a little bit more complex if you don't mind. Um, one of my favorite things that we do is my students go throughout an internship working for a, a pizza company, a local pizza company in town. And they're going throughout their internship learning about the kitchen and, and being a good server and, and kind of managing the books for owning a small business. And then they actually host a living and breathing restaurant for an entire school day. And it's so fun to kind of watch the magic happen because we have students that are going throughout their learning journey saying, oh, I really have to learn this because I know that I'm going to be applying it, you know, in, in two days when the restaurant opens. And it's just the buzz in the air is so exciting. Um, but to be honest, while that's always a special moment, I think that um, those moments turn into then bigger things. And I've been so fortunate to be able to see then our students not only immersed in those experiences, but then years later, my first year teaching, I had a student that actually really struggled and I stayed connected with him. I moved areas actually and and reconnected a few years later and he actually got his first job in a themed internship that he had in math class in sixth grade. And I think that's then like the more complex vision, right? Yes, we are immersing our students in the why of our classrooms, but now we're building connections, which Sarah, right before we started this recording, we started talking about how important it is to create connections. And could you imagine, you know, a student that wasn't quite sure what he's going to do with his life and now has a, has a full-time position after dropping out of high school, actually, which was his own decision to then get a job in a business that he connected with in sixth grade. That's powerful. It is powerful. And what a incredible impact that your passion in the work that you're doing with the students and your team is doing is having. And I just, I love it. I kind of chuckle because you introduced yourself as the mean math lady, but I'm pretty sure that's not the way you would be described. <laughs> oh gosh. No, I tell my students, they have to describe me as the mean old math teacher. They have to. <laughs> love it. Uh, so speaking of connections, because I can just hear the passion flowing through and I would like to unpack a little bit later, kind of how that evolved with you and, and more about your journey. Journey, but just interested too, in terms of this community building piece, I love the fact that we are sitting in two totally different states and different contexts and having this conversation because of the fact that you're such a great community builder. So do you want to share a little bit about your passion in relation to the professional community that you're working to build and amplify and grow? I just, I love your work in that way. Absolutely. I'm thrilled that we're able to connect. I got on Twitter my first time because I was required to through a course that I was taking, a master's course. And it's funny what it's built into. I have loved not only connecting with educators on Twitter and Instagram and with our, you know, Teach Better Team private Facebook group. It's it's amazing um, how many connections real, real connections we've been able to grow with educators that that don't exist down the hall from me necessarily. They're not necessarily in my community, but but really build relationships with with teachers across the world. So I've loved the, you know, the Twitter experience. I actually connected with Jeff Gargas, who's one of my very best friends and a part of our Teach Better team, simply because I was hosting a Twitter chat. I was hosting Dave Burgess's uh, T-Lab chat for Teach Like a Pirate, which I had no business hosting at all. I don't know how I got into that debacle. <laughs> but I met Jeff Gargas and he changed my life by, you know, connecting me with the Teach Better team and, and now in the position. Position I am with with that organization. So it, I just think that the power of networking, the power of building community with teachers has not just made me a better educator, but allowed me 
to hopefully impact more students and and reach uh, reach as many people as possible. Because gosh, I learn every single day. I'm so fortunate to have the community that I have. I love that you said that the, the teachers might not necessarily be in my community, but they can be a part of my community. And I didn't know that you two connected through my pirate crew. That's so exciting. <laughs> oh, I know. You are part of a very special crew, Sarah. I don't know if you talk about yourself enough on this podcast, but you are very, very special. And there is a, a special family that you're a part of that I'm very envious of. You got a good group around you. Well, I'm pretty sure that you are as well because there you you had that connection long before I did. And what we're referencing listeners is just it's the um, Dave Burgess is um, the teach like a pirate. But I got connected through our balance like a pirate, which is a lead like a pirate guide and just really passionate educators. So it's not a surprise to me that you you were doing that chat because obviously a highly passionate educator. So it makes a lot of sense. It's funny, though, for those people listening who don't know Dave Burgess, you should go look them up. They're amazing educator crew that they've built. But it is so scary. He messaged me the first time on Twitter and I like had a heart attack. I was like, no way is the coolest author in the whole world sending me a message. Well, and those those chats are no joke to moderate. They are on fire. I had no idea what I was doing. I was very early onto Twitter and he tricked me into thinking I was going to be able to pull it off. And oh man, what did it fly by? That's an amazing chat. Definitely go check that out. And certainly, yes. Um, you know, there's so many different communities on, uh, you know, social media and in a wide variety of network networks. And of course, not just educators, but that's what we know. And that's what we're chatting about. But I love so much that you're able to amplify this and, and the work that you're doing for listeners that aren't familiar. Ray actually is a co-host of another podcast, Teach Better Talk. What I love about that podcast is you've got you and Jeff interviewing and you do it in such a charismatic way and it makes the guests feel super comfortable, but you are also just amplifying people's stories. And of course, everybody who knows my podcast knows that I have a high value with that. So would you just want to share some, a highlight or two from that experience that you've had with Jeff in the podcast? Absolutely. Yeah. Jeff Gargas is an amazing, uh, one of the co-founders of the Teach Better team with Chad Orskowski and Tiffany Ott. And Jeff had this crazy idea of starting a podcast and I'm fine. I could talk on a microphone. That's easy for me, but I had no idea. And to be honest with you, Sarah, this is probably not appropriate to admit, but I had never even taken a moment to listen to a podcast. So I just knew that it was something recorded like music, right? I'm like, I could sing in a microphone. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And um, so he had this idea and we kind of, you know, kicked it around for a while. The Teach Better team has been growing a thousand miles a minute. And so at the time we were like, gosh, do we really want to take on another thing on top of everything we're already doing? And finally, Jeff and I approached the team probably like six months after dabbling with this idea and said, eh, we're just going to do it. Like, it'll be fine. (laughs) So I am so honored to work with Jeff because he had this vision and I'm, I'm just a part of it. You know, we, we reach out to educators. They could be first year teachers, you know, you know, 12 year veterans, uh, educators that are in administration, you know, ed consultants, authors. I mean, anybody that we can hear their story and it's, it's not just about their story and their success through education, but their failures and, you know, those giggle moments that, that educators just love to hear. And I've, I've really enjoyed it. To be honest with you, we are about 50 episodes in and we record on Monday nights and 
that's where I'm getting my professional development right now, to be honest, is having just really fun, authentic conversations and hearing about the amazing things educators are doing around the world. And it's such a joy too, because amplifying stories means that people can enjoy your conversations and also gain from those as well. And we probably just don't even have enough time <laughs> to connect authentically with one another in the education world. It, it just flies by so fast. There's not a lot of water cooler time in our, in our work. So it's just really kind of beautiful that you're creating this opportunity for the rest of us to listen in on those conversations. So thank you for doing that. It builds our own community too. Oh gosh, Sarah, your episode was so fun to record. You were such, <laughs> you're such a natural at this. I'm, I'm sure, I mean, your listeners know, you may not know, you have just a perfect podcast voice. It's very calming. And I just loved your stories. It just, your episode was super fun to record. Likewise. And uh, we'll have to off air sing together so that Joe Sanfilippo may listen to an episode or two. <laughs> I think we almost did. Wicked, right? We almost did. Yes, I almost always do. <laughs> I want to make sure, Ray, that we hear a little bit about just you. You're such a giver and a person who just finds joy in building others up. But I'm just curious, like, what about you and your your past and your history started you on the journey to become an educator? It always makes me nervous to tell my story. It's not a. It's not one that you know you necessarily would love to see in a movie, but. I was a really struggling student. I, I hated school. I was the the kid that, you know, the mother would be dragging the child in by their hair, you know, five, 15 minutes late to school because I've been sobbing in the car. I just, I just wasn't my thing. I, I lacked so many aha moments and I had an IEP, which to me was just this like bright neon sign over my head and not a good kind. It was a bad kind of neon sign. And to be honest, I, I felt like I would sit in class for 45 minutes and understand two words that came out of the teacher's mouth, much less than have to produce a product showing mastery on a concept that I didn't even know what mastery was. Let's be honest. That was a you know vocabulary word that wasn't even in my system yet. The only saving grace I had was very young, my mother put me in a dance class. And as I grew up, I continued with this dance studio and I was essentially there five, six, seven days a week. I, I lived, eat, you know, ate and breathed, you know, this amazing dance studio. They had set the amazing family atmosphere and it was all about growth. Their whole persona was not to become a, you know, professional dancer, but just growing and being healthy. And uh, when I entered into high school, they allowed me to teach a few classes, which I wasn't sure I had any business doing, but they put me with like the little kids, right? Like the kindergartners teaching ballet. I could do that. As I grew into that, I taught there for a long, long time. And I realized that my passion for the dance studio really had to do with a few key components. It had to do with, you know, building relationships. It had to do with growth. And it had to do with um, just loving the opportunity to learn something. And so when I was looking at what I wanted to do when I, quote unquote, grew up, I started to think about teaching. And for a long time, I thought I was going to go be a dance teacher. And then I realized that I had a little bit more of a mission, you know, deep inside me than than I really wanted to admit. And I decided to go into my least favorite subject possible and and strive to make it more fun with the assumption that if I couldn't do it, then I just go back to dance, right? Like, <laughs> so I became a sixth grade or, you know, middle school math teacher because I hated middle school and I hated math. And so it was the perfect combination for me. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I think I'm successfully holding the trophy of the only sixth grade math teacher in the world that got a D in sixth grade math, <laughs> even with the support of an IEP and productive parents. I mean, it's hysterical. And, um, you know, I, that's just my story. I, I loved the challenge and I really wanted to reach the learner that I never felt like I, you know, I felt like I was, but never had this, the right support, even though I had every adult in the entire Chicagoland area supporting me when I grew up. And I guess the last component that drove me in the classroom was uh, my parents who are workaholics, but incredibly successful in the design industry. And they taught me the, the value of networking, the value of building a community. And so when you put all these pieces together, right, you have this community networking component, you have a family component, this idea of growth, and then this really hard content subject area. That's where my journey began. You know, in my first teaching job in Galesburg, Illinois, I wanted to make something special and I kind of went from there. That's just really exceptional. Or, or it's kind of messy. I don't know. <laughs> but the messy is beautiful. And it just, it, you didn't just stumble into it, truly picturing you as like this comic book hero character who's just going to conquer the, conquer the worst nightmare, basically. I mean, <sighs> let's be honest, uh, most of us, our middle school years are either a blur or they house some of the worst memories of our childhood. <laughs> it's awful age. <laughs> yes. I've always thought this about middle school you know, educators, you just really have to have a special spirit about you. I had, I worked with a person who once said that in interviews, you, you can tell whether a person has good teacher bones or not. (laughs) Oh, I like that teacher bones. It's beautiful. Just thinking about that to have the specific skill set to be able to work with one of the most challenging levels because of the fact that there's so many hormones going on, but also it truly is one of the most challenging transition times in our lives of all the, of all the ones that we experience. So I, I just love the fact that you take this kind of challenging, painful chapter of your life and rewrite it every day when you're there. It's just so beautiful. Well, I appreciate that. I had a lot to do with my parents, them, them being extremely successful and being continuously hard workers. I, I knew I wanted to do something. I just wasn't sure if I would ever be good at anything. So when I finally kind of get back into teaching and being in my classroom, I was like, oh, I could hang out with 11 year olds all day. I, that, check that box. That's done. <laughs> <laughs> one thing that I'm learning fast about you, Ray, is that you don't give yourself enough credit. So we're going to start working on that one. I really do love what I do. I am i don't mean to negate it. I just, you know, I really love what I do. But it's probably because you love what you do that makes you so successful at it. I hope so. Yeah. I, I hope that I'm making the impact I want. Fingers crossed. There's, there's some good successes so far. I hope to continue with it. Thinking about this, amplifying your story and the empowerment piece, you said your parents, um, it's fascinating to me that you you didn't pinpoint a school for the inspiration with the teaching, but the dance studio. You know, it was run by an incredible woman, Laverne Lehman, who I'm telling you to this day, she is still running that studio. She is more fit and put together than anyone on this earth. And mm. she was the most perfect and terrifying teacher all in one. She thrived on relationships. She was the mom that everybody needed, but she was also incredibly strong and carried such high expectations. Um, I still often get coffee with her about, you know, once a quarter or so just to see her strength. She's an amazing woman and still runs an incredible dance studio. Oh, that's awesome. 
but clearly she had such an impact on your life. It's, it's awesome to hear that you're still connecting with her too. Oh, I fault her for everything. I tell her that I got into college because of that woman. I, I <laughs> survived high school because of her. I found my passion because of her. I, I fault her for everything and she knows it. <laughs> Oh, I just can't stop smiling. I I love this idea that she was this major mentor in your life that had such a significant impact because we all have them. And I wonder sometimes if we're just so quick and moving into the next space that we don't spend enough time reaching back to that, to the people who had the impact and the influence on us. But it sounds like you're not making that mistake. So that's good. Yeah, I think there's an important, you know, even if it's just listening to a podcast and, and having that reminder it's important to thank the people that were through our journey because you never know. You just never know if they could either either help you again and, and you just, you know, missed an opportunity because you didn't reconnect or the value that you can bring them. You know, Laverne Lehman is was one of many women who continues to inspire me. But it would have been easy to just, you know, leave high school and head to college and, you know, never contact her again. But I, I think that we all have a purpose in this world. And while I hope that we don't only move forward because we're being thanked for the work we're doing, everyone loves a a very quick thank you message. Everyone loves to feel appreciated. Everyone loves to know the impact they're making. And and I, that's one of the main goals I have, especially over the past few years, especially this year, is I want to make sure that the people that are impacting my life are aware of it because, you know, I get messages all the time on Instagram and Twitter, you know, Ray, how do you do it all? And my answer is, I don't. And, and, and I'm so open with that. I have a team of people um, not only cheering me on, but doing the hard labor with me. And, and there's no one who's doing it on their own. And so if you're able to build that community, build that tribe, that family, um, that village, that that's really where your strength comes. And, and keeping that village connected really comes from also showing your appreciation for the impact they're having on it. So this is your reminder right now to go thank somebody that made an impact on you. I love it. And ladies and gentlemen, um, Ray Hewitt just gave you some homework. So you be sure to do that. I did. And I don't usually assign homework. (laughs) (laughs) But this is the good kind of homework. And I do um, think it would be valuable, you know, to just consider who that might be in your life and reach out and reach back. And you're right, it doesn't take a lot to make sure to do that. Whenever you do something like that, it's a reciprocal boost. You know, you're, you're giving people the boost and you're giving yourself that because of that endorphin release that you get from spreading joy. And I'd also say that as educators, none of us are necessarily looking for that, but what a joy it is when you just receive that message, even 10 years down the road, 15, that you had some type of an impact on somebody's life. I mean, that's what we're in it for. Absolutely. And I I can remember numerous times, whether it be an example of a student today that came back from eighth grade to come say hi to me, you know, or, you know, my stories of students that, you know, are now in their high college years or high high school years and now in college that have come back to say thank you. And it's, it's amazing. You know, as teachers, we don't always get to see the fruits of our labor, but that's a great example of being able to see it for just a moment. Sarah, have you ever connected with Thomas C. Murray? I have. Bring him up because I I see a lot of speakers, right? I'm sure we're in the same realm of like you go to conferences, you see a lot of keynotes, whatever, you know, when you're traveling around. And Thomas C. Murray is one of my favorite keynotes I saw. Still talk about him as one of my favorite keynotes. I saw him last summer. And in the middle of his keynote, he had everybody pull out their phone and do exactly what we've been talking about. Send a message to somebody who's positively impacted you to send one quick thank you message. And, you know, 
it sounds so simple, but it, it, it really just changes the game in terms of taking a purposeful moment. So if we would be able to do that right now, like pause everybody's life for one second, take out your phone and send a text message. I mean, I wish I had the power to do that for all your listeners. <laughs> well, then I know that you do have the power. They can do that. They'll do that. It's a, it's a really great practice. And that's actually something that I have um, seen. I'm glad you brought up Tom. I've actually done that with my own staff. And I've done that myself in some sessions. And it's just fun to watch the joy on people's faces when they get the response back, you know, even if it's, if it's later or, you know, within a minute or two, it's, it's just, there's nothing like that connection. And it reminds us to connect instead of being so darn busy all the time. See, you're awesome. There you go. Well, you're awesome. (laughs) (laughs) From just your perspective with the work that you do, not only in the, the classroom, but you know, your own life and, and how you work with others what is one lesson about being an influential woman that you think might inspire others to keep going if they find themselves in a pit of doubt or fear and they need to hear your wonderful voice right now? If I was able to have an influence over somebody would be, I'm going to pull this quote from a friend, Neil Gupta, who was just on Teach Better Talk. It was one of my favorite quotes I ever heard, but you know, you have to have the skin of an armadillo and the heart of a marshmallow. And I think education is one of the most challenging professions out there. It pulls at your heartstrings and requires your brain. And if there was any message that I wanted to give somebody who felt like they were in a pit of doubt or fear, it would be that we've all been there and there are people that exist who can help you move past that and that the only choice you need to make to to start that process is to choose to reach out to somebody who can be a part of your journey. And so we've talked a lot about connecting, a lot about reaching out, but um, even just acknowledging that that education is so challenging and we have to you know wear armor, but also have such incredible hearts for our students. Um, it's okay to to find it challenging, but but there's such a beautiful rainbow at the end of the tunnel that we got to just keep moving forward and kind of join hands all together and keep moving in the right direction. I just love that you shared Neil's advice um, that you were able to regift that here on this podcast because it is really beautiful. And it struck me when I heard him say that too. And I also, in listening to you, or just kind of hearing some echoes of this idea of wholehearted living that Brene Brown puts out there that we have to have, you know, a, a hard back, soft front and it's just so beautiful to consider that it's we can't ever stop doing that no matter how hard it gets. Uh, and I'm sure that there have been days that have brought you, you know, to tears in your work as we all have experienced not only just from the hard things that you deal with uh, with students and and people in their lives but also the challenges that, you know, can become overwhelming, you know, when you're pouring so much of yourself out. So I just love that you that you brought that to the podcast. Well, I appreciate that. And it's so important that as you're going through that whole process that that you're also challenging yourself. You know, there's so many opportunities that we can take to challenge ourselves just one, you know, a little bit more to teach better tomorrow than we did today. And so if there's any way to to challenge yourself or challenge others to just continue to be better, I think that that's, that's the mantra that I live by. So I love it. I love that too. All right, Ray. So if you could write a letter to yourself at any age or stage, what would you say 
and why? There's a lot of stages to choose from. This is a really challenging question. For all my second grade teachers out there, I give a shout out to you. But um, I was in second grade in Miss Davidson's class and she made me, I'm saying made me because that was my perspective as a student. She made me skip recess to read with her because reading was such a struggle. And I just remember like sobbing. I thought she was the meanest woman in the world. And in reality, she probably was one of the biggest, you know, teachers I owe a huge thank you to because she was the one who finally diagnosed me, you know, with a learning disability and kind of got me back on track. But um, I really thought for a long time that I was never going to be able to accomplish anything because if you can't read, you can't do anything. That was that was literally what I what was like written on my forehead all this time working uh, through through literacy skills. And thank God the internet gave me so many tools, right? Thank goodness that now, you know, I I hate to admit it, but I guess we're friends, Sarah. I can tell you my secrets. I probably listen to 90% of my content. I mean, I am, I am, wholeheartedly somebody who struggles and and just tries to find solutions. I, I get, you know, hundreds of emails a day and I listen to all of them. They're all audio read to me and I'm a good typer so I can type back really well. But um, there's just a reality I wish I could have told myself years ago that that just because something was hard doesn't mean that there's not a tool that's going to be able to support you to find success in that area. You just have to be willing to find the tool and have the the communities backing you and supporting you enough to to locate the right tool. And it took me a long time, but um, I guess that would be my my letter to myself would be, you know, the, to just persevere because there there are there are moments of of questioning and fear, but. Uh, but I hope that I continue to have that mindset moving forward that if you approach something that's challenging, there's going to be a solution. There is a tool out there to help, but you got to just find somebody to help you find it. Well, I love so much that you were just so vulnerable. We do have so many great tools and listening to 90% of your content is, it's really cool to hear and for you to share that because you obviously have a high, I will say lexicon um, vocabulary, right? You're... Um, the output, the language that you have is so clear. So it'd be hard for a person to consider that you still struggle with that or that you use any type of, you know, accommodation for that because you are such a clear communicator and <laughs> an eloquent speaker. But I think it's so good for us to hear that about you. Oh, and it's great to tell students. They're like, no way, Miss Ewart. I'm like, totally, man. I'm <laughs> totally. Well, it's so beautiful because again, it's another thing you're taking that challenge and you're just you're turning it on its head. So I need to get a couple of awe-inspiring interviews for you because we're run out of time here and I really want to make sure that we get to hear them. So what is a cause that you support and how could we learn a little bit more about that? Uh, I guess I'm going to go with mastery learning, personalized learning. Uh, I'm not sure if that's really what you're asking in terms of a cause, but our education world is shifting and it's time to put the ownership back in our students' hands. And I really would love to see teachers uh, believe in the concept of getting students what they need when they need it. And so if you're you're eager to master personalized learning and find a way to really reach your students more wholeheartedly, um, I would absolutely encourage you to reach out to me because this is my favorite topic or, you know, this is kind of what our team deals with all the time. So maybe head over to teachbetter.com and we could talk shop for hours. <laughs> That's awesome. And 
truly the question is however you want to interpret it. And I love that because it is a focus and it is important and I can tell you have a passion for it. So check that out. I will link in the show notes, how to get a hold of Ray, of course, for those of you that are listening and you should not be writing anything down, of course. Um, so we'll make sure that you can do that. How about this one might be really challenging, but is there any person that you could help build community here and recommend that our listeners should connect with on social media? Obviously, you got to go connect with the Teach Better team, which is Jeff Gargas, Chad Oskowski, and Tiffany Ott. Um, and obviously you, Sarah, come on. I'm sure they're connected to you. Uh, I do want to highlight, though, Adam Welcome. Mr. Adam Welcome is uh, an incredible educator that I've not only connected with on social media for a long time, but met recently. He's a great friend. And he is not only wonderful to connect with online, but in person because he has a passion for not just challenging the people around him, but connecting them with other educators. And so he's kind of my go-to guy. If I need something, he has a guy, you know, everyone, he's always got a guy. And so I would so encourage you to reach out to him. I think he's a great influence. Oh, wonderful. How about a book that you would recommend? Uh, I'm going to go with a book I just picked up and I really need it signed. So it's my mission to get this book signed. It's educated by design by the tech rabbi. And, uh, this is, uh, Michael Cohen. And I met him at a conference in January and was just so nervous to speak to him. If you can't tell, I just have met mega like fangirl anxiety when I meet people. And um, I like completely couldn't even form sentences around him. I just think he's cooler than sliced bread. And he looks at me and points to me. He goes, you're the teacher with the chalk wall in her classroom. And I like about died. I was like, no way. You know that I have a chalk wall in my classroom. Oh my gosh, it was so cool. And so of course, after meeting him and like being beat red, I had to pick up his book that just recently came out. So definitely go check that one out. It's an amazing, amazing creativity focused book. Wonderful. And I know that you are a podcaster, but are there any podcasts that you would recommend for our listeners? Uh, I'm going to go non-education. Is that okay? Please do. Absolutely. I'm breaking the rules. Um, I have been doing a lot of personal growth recently, and I am just in love with Rachel Hollis. She wrote Girl, Wash Your Face and Girl, Stop Apologizing. Her podcast, Rise Podcast, is wonderful, and so is her Rise Together podcast. So if you're ever looking for a good pick-me-up by a very influential woman, she would be my go-to. Awesome. And... I wanted to make sure that the listeners will be able to connect with all of those. So I will have them in the show notes. I'm also going to link how to get a hold of Ray, but Ray, uh, there might be a little bit of information that you could share uh, with our listeners that might be fresh if, if they haven't heard yet. Of course, you can get her um, on Twitter, Instagram. She's got the website with the Teach Better team, but you also have something else coming up this fall. You want to share that with our listeners? We do. Yeah. Two things for our Teach Better team that would be you know, keep your eye out for is we have our Teach Better book coming out, uh, looks like this August. And we then have a Teach Better conference that uh, is going to be November 8th and 9th of this year. So lots of great things. I hope you go check out the show notes and even consider submitting a proposal. It's going to be a fun conference. Yay. Where's that going to be located? It will be in Akron, Ohio. <laughs> that sounds like the perfect vacation spot in November for our listeners. It's so. the most amazing. Yes, yeah, the most amazing vacation spot. Bring your snow boots, but we'll have a great time regardless. We actually have a, a really amazing lineup of speakers and um, we're just very excited. 
Well, that is awesome. So um, we'll make sure that we get that all linked up. And Ray, I just want to thank you so sincerely and enthusiastically for joining me on the In Awe podcast. It's just been so fun to have you. And uh, you have provided, of course, an awe-inspiring interview for our listeners. And I thank you for that. Thank you so much for the opportunity. You're the best, Sarah. When we engage with a community, we become so much better than when we try to go life alone. Thank you for amplifying each voice in the Community Builder series by sharing, rating, and reviewing episodes. Thank you also for lifting their voices to help messages land where they need to and for being an important part of this awe-inspiring community.